Welcome again to another episode of the Tech Marketing Podcast. In the booth, as usual, is myself and Harry. Yeah, yeah. Harry, we're really excited today, aren't we? Because we're talking more about Can Lions, aren't we? We're talking... I'm so excited <laughs> to talk more about Can Lions. The first two conversations really got me warmed up for this hat trick of conversations about Can's Lions, and I'm ready to go, baby. <laughs> is, this a, is this the third one we've had? It probably is, yeah. So yeah, we had a pre we had a pre Can's Lions conversation, and then we sent out two ambassadors to Can's Lions, and the second one of those, Miss Alex Weber in the flesh, is here on the podcast. Firstly, you know, it's been a few weeks since since Can. Have you recovered? We heard you queued for Fat Boy Slim. That was pretty badass. Yeah, Fat Boy Slim was amazing. Amazing. I feel like I've mentally recovered very quickly. Physically, it's taken a long, long time. You could uh, spot the canned versions a mile off. We were the ones with blisters on our feet too early. We were the only ones actually wearing our passes around our neck. Half the time, we were the only ones with passes, to be honest with you. You were just so proud to have them. (laughs) (laughs) The B2Z lot only came out at night to the gutter bar which is quite an infamous place if you're a can regular i mean clues in the name right <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah mentally mentally i recovered quite quickly thankfully because uh you know us virgins were the ones who booked in all the meetings we attended all the talks you know we did it all how we thought it was meant to be properly but um yeah, it turns out we made ourselves much busier than uh, our B2C companions. The way that we think about it, like for, for, for us virgins, like Harry and I have not had the chance to go, but I'm sure, you know, listeners, you all want to see us there next year. We do some live podcasts, I'm sure. But the, um, like it is a, an incredible platform for learning and inspiration, isn't it, Alex? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Honestly, when I say it's an experience, it really, really is an experience. There are so many different brands there. Every single one is really, really, you know, considered and everything you do there is focused, like you said, John, on learning and development. I mean, the sheer number of publishers who are there, the technology releases that come out, you know, the talks and the presence of just, you know, the real leaders of our community is incredible. You know, even to the point of, you know, the Lions Awards, there was Malala receiving the Lionheart Award, you know, for her amazing charity and dedication. So, when I say it's an experience, I think we got to see about 10% of it with just two of us being mm. there. You know, there's a whole world of can that's just out there to be explored. So I'm really excited I get to share just a small amount of insight. Um, but it is such a great experience and I implore anybody who can to to go. From that 10%, was there any kind of what were your what were your main takeaways or, or what seemed to hit you that maybe you didn't expect or, or what was prominent in the foreground? I think that's like the first one's really interesting in terms of like what I didn't expect. And that was how little about creativity it was in some places. You know, it's called the Cannes Lion Festival of Creativity. That's interesting. And actually it was so much more than that. And I think that's because over the 69 years that, you know, they've been running the creative, the festival and the awards, actually it's developed further. It's no longer about, you know, ads and you know just pure campaigns it's now about the tech you know it's now about the data it's now about the media it was all of those things that really overlap and actually drive creativity in this day and age so when I arrived you know as a b2b marketer who doesn't necessarily sit within a creative department I was expecting you know how much of this is going to be completely relevant for me and so much more of it was relevant for me than I was ever mm. expecting. You know, it wasn't people sat around. There were, I'm sure, events sat around debating copy and debating headlines. But it was much more now about a showcase of how the technology, the data was used to 
enable that creativity really um and bring it all to life those platforms and softwares learn a lot more about that than i was anticipating and it really showed you know in the b2b awards particularly you mentioned it's not all about creativity there was a lot more about platforms and software are we going too far down that path like are we becoming over over sassed uh or you know over platformed what away from creativity too sassy are we becoming too sassy exactly yeah (laughs) but that's the beauty of what they were looking at the festival right is that in this context the creativity was still definitely at the heart of everything they were talking about it was using these platforms using this data for creativity so i think that yes as marketers as a whole have we become too sassy and too focus necessarily on just the tech and not the creative output yes definitely but what was lovely about the creative um festival was that focus on creative effectiveness using the technology the data and the media to deliver effectiveness i think that's what was really nice to see yes craft was a really important piece but it's no longer just about creative craft it really is about how all of those pieces are enabling enabling creativity so it was still at the heart of festival for sure you had some like talks and displays from some less expected like people and companies as well. What was interesting about, did you manage to catch any of that? People like Salesforce, Amazon, Google, Yahoo, actually they facilitated some great conversations. They were really clever about the way that they had a brand presence there. They were facilitating really great discussions with CMOs. You know, I got some really brilliant insights that Amazon port kind of became like the working hub for everybody. So the brand presence and how they relate with, you know, customers and potential buyers in that setting was really interesting to see. And again, I think it comes back to that experience that they were delivering. People were not there to sell. They were there to peer-to-peer educate one another, you know, and really give you the experience of, you know, why they're such big brands now, why people trust them with their technology and how they are enabling marketers to you know, take this to the next level and really engage that audience on a completely new new playing field. You mentioned a really key term there, which was creative effectiveness and not just creativity. Like, do you think that was a key theme at Cannes? A hundred percent. And I think obviously, like, we came in from the B2B marketing side of things. You know, we came in looking for the B2B marketing events, really understanding that we had our presence there. And what was really nice to see is that B2B marketers cared so much about the more about the creative effectiveness than necessarily our B2C counterparts. Um, just really small anecdotal pieces that the Burger King Whopper ads, you know, one another can lion, you know, the moldy Whopper ad, and they sweep more lions. But actually that was because they have really craft, well-crafted creative if you look at Burger King sales, they're tanking, right? The revenue results on there, but in B2C, you know, I'm sure it's not necessarily just the case, but it feels like in B2B, we are much more judged on our con- marketing's contribution to revenue. You know, we really need to make sure that as marketers, we're focusing on performance and growth, not just craft and engagement and brand awareness. You know, that is the big difference for me between mm. B2C and B2B. So what was lovely was... Yeah, just how heavy, you know, Walk Institute and the B2B market and the B2B Institute with LinkedIn, you know, really focused on creative effectiveness. You know, I think as B2B marketers, we all know the value of long term brand building for demand generation. It's a very hot topic and that is delivered through creative effectiveness, which was a really nice thing to see, not just about clever use of tech or, you know, different 
um, platforms such as ABM and demand generation and lead generation to deliver this, but actually looking at the heart of creativity to deliver commercial effectiveness. Um, you know, what was a really nice thing to see actually and a real opportunity for any B2B marketers listening in is that Walk actually identified, you know, there's hundreds of stats out there about how emotions in B2B marketing, you know, increases your share price. But actually they were even monitoring things like humor and saying there's a huge opportunity for B2B brands in the next few years, you know, five years to be introducing humor to their brands as a mechanic Mm -hmm. to build Mm -hmm. relationships that build revenue success. And actually it was almost like a call to arms from these institutes and publishers to say, like, please bet on brands. You know, this is really, really going to help your con- prove your contribution to revenue by building your brand over this long term. So that was really interesting from Walk. Um, another really interesting piece was where the push was to really involve your audience in your marketing campaigns to get that authentic, you know, creative um creative input and output because the more they input to this the more you can understand and again that's where the data piece comes in and is you know really it works together so beautifully those two areas because the more you can get your audience involved obviously the more they're inputting and the more they're self-selecting what they need but what's coming out of this is some amazing data that enhances creativity to keep that cycle going um, and I know we're going to get onto awards but two of the winners that really stood out for me at the B2Bs did that beautifully so I'm looking forward to kind of getting on and discussing them later um and the linkedin b2b institute did some really good stuff around like building things like credibility like competitiveness and finding that commonness value which again just goes hand in hand to you know if we're trying to find common ground with our audience we need to involve them they need to be part of that creative journey for our brands just from the words you're using there alex like it, it's, I mean, it's fascinating. Firstly, that great comparison from B to B to B to C, that actually creativity in B to C is oh, what's the right what's the right way to do? like stands alone. It's crafted. Cra- it's crafted. Like it's it's being on it. It's it's being assessed for the creativity that it that exists in it. While in B to B, we often look at creativity as part of an effective campaign. Um, you know, as part of driving revenue or driving leads or having certain a certain impact on brand. Well, it does feel like from what you're saying that B2C sometimes d- doesn't have that. I'm sure a lot of B2C campaigns do, but, um, you know, it, it sounds like it, it can. They're, they're being assessed kind of standalone, which I, th- which I think is fascinating in its own right, just for that mindset shift. So actually, I think what's really interesting there is an important point to call out, actually, is that on the B2B, in the, the can awards, for B2B was purely creative craft. Yes, there was, you know, impact and brand building comes as part of the things, but actually they focus so heavily on creative craft in the B2B awards as well. But what was more interesting aside from the awards at the actual events and the talks is how people were talking about how heavy, how important that is that that creative is effective. And actually there were two brilliant, brilliant speakers who gave some amazing examples of this. So we had the executive vice president and CMO Jennifer Chase from SAS. You know, she gave a really good example about actually how they had to start focusing on emotions as a business. So they did a brand tracking study, which, you know, we implore every brand to do because it's such an important metric for long-term success. So, you know, they did a brand tracking study, was seen as a legacy player and actually that while their competitive suite really envied SAS, they 
actually weren't known by their customers. So it's all very well and good. Your peers being envious of, envious of you, but the brand tracking showed that their customers just weren't aware of them. So getting that outside view really helped them kind of break this silo, focus more on putting emotions into the campaigns and less about their products to really build those emotional connections and memory structures mm -hmm. with their wider audience. And what was really nice, I think, especially when we're talking about creativity and B2B, because it's so important to be authentic because it's such a bigger risk for a buyer to purchase something from B2B than it is from B2C, that actually they took their employees along for the ride when they were building out this campaign and they were building out their mm. emotional storytelling. Um, so they involved the whole team. They made sure it felt natural to everybody so that they felt the emotion and could stand by it. But they also went through a really long phrase of making sure that it would be expandable. I'm definitely hearing that like this, like in, it just, ju uh, just more, this theme of more involvement is like involving your audience, involving your employees, um, you know, involving, involving humor, but like yeah. essentially, <laughs> you know, it feels like we're going through that. We went through a stage a few years back, especially in B2B of like humanizing marketing. Mm. Um, but I, I felt like it was a very like superficial veneer. Like it was just about, you know, trying to, to make our marketing more human. This is actually, this is a step further than that. This is, yeah. this is your web 3.0 starting to come out, which is <laughs> people are interacting with the content. Sorry. As a very, I'm not sure I like that term yet, listeners, very sorry. But like it's people listening and people coming, not just listening, but interacting with that content as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a really nice point you've made about we all were focused on humanizing content, right? And humanizing B2B. You know, it's H to H. Is it, you know, what are B2B doing B2C principles? And at the end of the day, it's because we still have very different audiences. We have very different buyer journeys. There is still a lot more pressure and it's a lot harder for B2B brands to be creative. So what was lovely to see were these CMOs being so candid, talking about, you know, that journey they went on to get the buy-in in order to get the budgets um, to be more creative. And actually talking about budgets, another real key point that came out of can across these CMOs and obviously the talks I attended just want to repeat were B2B focused and where I could they were B2B tech focused right that's what we do that's what we love so for those CMOs what was really nice to hear or interesting to hear was that it's no longer the conversation about sales and marketing alignment actually the people they have to align to most now are finance because finance are the ones who are going to release the budgets to test creative campaigns and test creative effectiveness you know, yes, you've got your salespeople who think short term and are looking for leads and demand. You've got marketers who are more and more thinking long term. Actually, for creative effectiveness, for performance, for growth marketing, finance are probably your best friends because they're the ones who have the picture across the entire business. You know, they really are thinking long term, short term. They see it all. So actually, that was really nice to hear as well, is that it's not just sales and marketing alignment now. It's also finance. So why do you think is that, Alex? Why have we? Why are we moving into this? Like, what were the reasons they were they were listing for CMOs being more aligned with your CFO? I think because of the nature of marketing, which is the most beautiful thing, and something I bloody just love about this industry, is we've got to do it all. You know, you think a CRO is talking about business, and most of them come from a sales background. That's hopefully changing. You know, the CIO is understanding and speaking the language of tech. You know, finance is speaking the language of finance, you know. 
actually the CMO is someone who has to have <laughs> finance <laughs> clues in the name. Um, they have to have that view on everything in order to be effective with brands and afford in order to understand what sales are doing and understand what pro- product are doing. You know, they really are the linchpin across it all. And actually, I think that now with this longer term growth, with all the data and technology we've got available to us to report on this, actually, it's a brilliant time for marketers to be transparent and really show the impact they're having. And that's where finance come in to show them the value that they're bringing back. We can finally start attributing our contribution to revenue success much clearer than we ever have before. You're, you're exactly right though, because when I, when I, when we think about it, right, and this is, listen, these are some of the conversations we just have to have internally for our own marketing benefit. Um, but, you know, often we, we now talk about being in this revenue era where we're not just tracking leads that get handed over to sales, but we're tracking the, the revenue against every opportunity, right? That makes sense for this the CFO to be involved in that kind of conversation. But the, the, the wider part of that is actually marketing now, now really impacts everything because, customer experience like everything you know not just potential prospects but existing customers marketing impacts those existing customers the consumption of the platform their perception of it their, their ability to refer it to other new customers um you know and going even deeper in that things like legal um we, we france have just ruled that google analytics can no longer be used across the whole of france italy are about to do the same or have done the same by the time this podcast goes out i think holland have done the same like we are seeing like an exodus of some of these platforms and so as a marketer you need to understand the legal aspect of it as well so it is just you know I, I think I think we are now living in a marketing first world world aren't we Alex? A hundred percent and I think we always have been and we've always you know been able to jump into all these areas but actually now's an opportunity for CMOs and marketing leaders to guide that to lead that to show up to be the kind of the one with the point of view because they understand what's happening across all of the departments you know they can be the people who come and suggest innovations because we get some great visibility as to how our customers are engaging with our product and our brand, how our new prospects are engaging with our brand messaging. We get so much visibility of all of this that we can show up, suggest and strategize across all these areas. And they're going to start learning to speak our language. We're going to learn to start speaking their language. And yeah, I do think it's a kind of great era to be to be a marketer right now. So, so if, I, if I was a CMO, like what would you, what are we recommending they do? Is it, is it just aligning closer with, this, with the CFO? Is it like, are there different, did you hear any, any advice from those CMOs that were talking so candidly? Yeah, absolutely. It was actually um, the CMO of Salesforce, um, Sarah Franklin. She gave three really actionable points to like, to build this relationship. First and foremost, bring your data, you know, be the team that holds the mirror up to yourself. You be very transparent with the CFO about what has been working, what hasn't been working, where you've reinvested and you know why you want to make the next decisions. You know, obviously, I know this sounds ridiculous, but it's part of that bringing your data piece. Know your numbers. <laughs> know your numbers and show them the return. That obviously does still mean integrating your data, doing all the stuff that is you know, still hard and still not accessible to some marketers, but it just shows how important it is and what impact it can make even within your own organizations. Um, so first and foremost, yeah, bring your own data. You know, next one she said was show up with a point of view. 
um, for every department. If you're showing up to finance, have a point of view about what they can be doing to help what finance, what sales. We, we love turning up with a point of view. That's, that's... Yeah, our egos <laughs> like to be rubbed. <laughs> but yeah, showing up with a point of view, yeah, be it product, legal, customer experience, brands, finance, all of them, show up, have that point of view, show what you're learning. Um, and finally is bring the ideas and be the change. You know, she really spoke about innovation, making sure that if we come show up with ideas is what we can be doing next, show up with the latest innovations and really keep yourself ahead of that so that you are seen as the leader, the leader for change and progression and ultimately performance and growth. So we've talked about some like some fascinating things. We talked about the move from just creativity to being platforms. We talked about actually how that turns us into creative effectiveness. Like if our audience are interested in any of these topics, like where can they where can they look next? Oh, so many great places. Um, I think if you're interested in Can, the Can site has some amazing stuff. You know, they've done a really nice wrap up of the entire event that you can access. Um, and for the creatives, there's a website called Love the Work which showcases all of the award winners, you know, some amazing case studies on there as well. Um, But obviously I'm head of marketing, so I'm going to do a little plug for ourselves. Like on creative effectiveness, Tim Wilson-Fryer, who was on the first CAM podcast, the first of the trilogy, has written an incredible piece where he's brought together some amazing statistics from so many different sources that really will help you go back and prove to your board or prove to your bosses the value of investing in creative and the value of investing in your brand. So it's a brilliant resource. Um, it's called, ironically, Creative Effectiveness. <laughs> um, so I'm sure we can link out to that somewhere in the comments, or if not, just go to the Together website, because that's a really, really good piece. Um, and again, you know, from that comes all this great stuff that the B2B Institute LinkedIn put out, Walk also did. So definitely head to their pages, you know, even though it's a month later, as we are, everybody is still putting out so much content because, like I said, we kind of scratch the surface of 10%. I think there's enough content in their pipeline to keep it going at least another six months. <laughs> yeah, we didn't didn't even get a chance to... I mean, yeah, it, it's, it sounds like such a fascinating event. Like, it, let's, go, let's move on to the awards, finally, because this is... We've mentioned it a few times. Like, what... This was, this was a monumental year because it's the first time they had a B2B section of the awards, right? So... This is, this is a, for us as an agency, it's always been one of our goals to have an, a, a Can Award at some point, a Can Lions Award. Now they actually have, no, I'm not allowed to say that. Now they actually have a, a, a special, um, uh, section for us. Like, I feel like it's time to, to, to enter it. Alex, was I not supposed to say any of that? I'm not allowed to say that about us having an award. So the only, no, 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 no. The only reason I'm saying is scrap that, but I think focus on B2B awards is really good. And I might cover it, right? I might just say it now. It was a bit of a controversial point yep. at the Can Lion Awards because not a single B2B marketing agency was nominated or shortlisted for a B2B lion. My face says it all. Which for our industry and, you know, our little echo chamber was a really big thing. And actually, that's why I made such a big reference to craft earlier in the conversation, because that is what the judges are looking for. It really comes down to craft. So... There were two brilliant campaigns that really stood out for me that won gold and Grand Prix at the B2B awards with B2C, not B2B exclusive, you know, wider, larger agencies in Wonderman Thompson, Ledger Bennett, the the small four, as Michaeli, our media director, (laughs) likes to call the uh, big agencies. Um, 
So yes, absolutely. I think the Can Lion Awards are definitely something to aim for, right? The creative craft is so important. But what was really nice to see was Walk running awards alongside the Can Lions, which focused so much more on how they contributed to business success, which had very different results. I guess there's kind of two ways that a campaign can be successful, and one is awards, and the other is by generating a return on on investment. And how does one kind of solve that? The beauty in that question is actually like the beauty, hopefully, in the answer is that they celebrate two very different things. Can Lion is a celebration of the incredible talent that create these creative campaigns. It's not about necessarily, it, it is about the campaigns, but it is more about the incredible talent that our industry produces and the amazing minds that go into thinking of different ways to engage people. Like that is such an amazing thing to see. It's so beautiful to read in the case studies. It's so inspiring as to what we can do and where we can kind of push our creative boundaries. It's brilliant for celebrating that. But yes, as businesses, you want to be winning awards for bringing in the most revenue. And that's where the different award body sits. You know, that's where different weighting, different judges, different panels see different things. And I've not been a judge, right? It can lie in. I'm nowhere near becoming a tragic and lion. And so they might say something differently, but that's definitely been my perception, um, especially looking at some of the B2C campaigns that did win and the press after for how creative may have been brilliant and beautiful. Do we know what the judging criteria are? We do, but that is a very complex and different... That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you asked that though, Harry. And I think your, your answer, Alex, there like helps to kind of put it in context for me because i i guess you know before this we had in our first can podcast the pre that before the event happened like we were talking about this being the first year they've had a b2b and just some of the answers there make initially got me worried that you know maybe there's a degree of uh i'm gonna say arrogance with with can and actually you're right it is just about the craft like they have that they have that very like unique view which is we just focus on the creativity which is fine it has its place um but where we operate in b2b like it is important to show results and it is important to include things like the data i think i think the 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 bit i can't reconcile in my head from everything we've gone through today which has been absolutely fantastic is is this craft versus effectiveness like if effectiveness was such a key theme and they and and you know we know how many different uh, platforms had their own yachts and parties and and events <laughs> there if there was a lot of people talking about platforms and and services like how does yet yeah, can is mainly about cr- the creative craft like how do those how do those two reconcile they absolutely do in so many cases and i think i was mainly calling at it from the b2c side of things right saying actually you know in b2c potentially that effectiveness angle is still so important but it's not got there's not as much pressure on B2C to think about that when they're dedicating time and resource to creativity. The two case studies that stood out for me, the one at the B2B Lions, do both of those things brilliantly. Spotify, a song for every CMO. Implore you guys, go and Google it, see what they did. It was a fantastic display of all of the things we've spoken about. It was by Spotify ads who were looking to engage a CMO audience to let them know and engage them around spending money with their media platform. You know, spend your money on Spotify ads. They targeted a certain amount of CMOs, wrote them an individual song based on their LinkedIn profiles and information they could find 
And they sent it to them as a framed vinyl. An individual song. And a song for like, you. So if you go on Spotify. An actual song. An actual song. So it would be like <laughs> singing about John Busby not cutting his ginger beard because he doesn't have time while he's smashing being a CTO app together. That's pretty much what they did. And how brilliant is it for them to then display their ad capabilities and their data capabilities? Because look what they've been able to get on you. Now, granted, I might have been a little bit creeped out if they'd included something about my personal life. But it wasn't. It was very top level. It was... A really engaging campaign. Here we go. Intuit Lara Ballot's got got a David Barry treatment. Yeah, fascinating. Sorry, carry on. But that's what I mean. Like, how clever is that? If we talk about can not just being about creativity, like this is a brilliant example. This is this is about audio craft and the fact that they sent a really personalised vinyl to these people. And actually, off the back of it, what they saw was a ton of other CMOs getting in touch and saying, "I want a song." How how do I get a song? How do I get on your list to be targeted by you? And that one goal for B2B. And of course, that is a very intelligent campaign that, guess what, didn't just use creativity, used technology, data, and media application. And so it just goes to show why the festival is evolving from being a pure creative play. And the other one I really loved, it was called Speaking in Colour. Speaking in Colour by Sherman Williams Coil Coatings a paint company in B2B that's not typically what you think about. And what they did was they realised that there are (laughs) two million colours that the human eye can see. So they used AI to get, again, customer involvement, right? They got the customer to talk to a bot and say, do I fancy seeing the colour of Paris at night? And it would pull up a colour in front of you and you go, no, a little bit darker than that. And you'd feed it more information. So actually, it's that colour, but with a hint of the sea. And it would feed all this information, obviously grow with the more people that used it, and it would deliver you your bespoke colour based on the two million that the eye can see. So this is why I kind of hesitated at the beginning to have the beginning conversation starting off a bit negatively in my own point of view as to the limits of B2B being included in craft in Cannes. Because I'd still think it's absolutely brilliant and it's produced some incredible campaigns. Thank you so much for joining us today again on the Tech Marketing Podcast. Alex, it's been fascinating to go through the learnings from Can Lions. Um, we hope to be back again next year, don't we? Oh, most definitely. Yeah.